0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى قال تبارك وتعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وحبيب ربنا وطبيبنا ومولانا محمداً عبد الله ورسوله بلغ العلا بكماله كشف الدجا بجماله حسن الجميع خصاله صلوا عليه وآله بلغ العلا بكماله كشف الدجا بجماله حسن الجميع خصاله صلوا عليه وآله في الدرو اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم respected ulama ikiram, respected muaddin, respected brothers, and those sisters who are listening on the receivers. We have so many issues that we are dealing with as an ummah. We have global issues we are dealing with, and each and every one of us is aware of the last 21 months or so what we have been dealing with as a global community, not just Muslims. Then as a Muslim community, we, have have, we do have our fair share of issues and problems. Then we had the issue of the civil disobedience in the last few months. And one after the other, Rasulullah Sallallahu explained that towards the Sa'ah, towards the day of Qiyamah, towards the hour, there will be fitnas one after the other. Like how a necklace or a tasbih or a bead a string of beads, when it breaks, then we know from experience that if a be breaks one after the next, the beads will come out rapidly. Similarly, we are seeing fitnas one after the other unfolding and unleashing. And throughout the Muslim world, we see the difficulties that Muslims are enduring, not just recently, but from a long time, over a century as well. Currently as we speak, there have been severe difficulties with Muslims in Syria, again and again, carrying on for so many years, in Assam in India, for those of us who are not aware, there's been a lot of unrest and persecution of Muslims. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make it easy for the entire Muslim ummah. Here, in our country, and perhaps globally also, we are being inundated with problems. All the Islamic organizations and the Jamiat, in particular, We have been inundated with addiction problems that are coming to us, to our social department. And we also have Muslim professionals who have been highlighting this to us, the number of patients and the cases that they are seeing, not only with youth, because we always tend to isolate the youth with these problems. But society at large, and especially when it comes to substance abuse and addictions, Now when we think of addictions, generally, our thought always goes towards drugs. But it's not confined to drugs only. There are a plethora of different kinds of addictions. And they are motivated by something or the other. So the Jamiat decided that we need to bring this message out to the fore with force, in the various masajids and conscientizing our community regarding addictions and not only highlighting it because many people are already aware of it, but also giving solutions. A problem needs a solution. So, what are the solutions when we are facing these difficulties? What are the telltale signs for us to see in our family members and particularly in our children whether there is any substance abuse or any addiction carrying on? So, among the addictions, There are basically two kinds of addictions. One is a physical addiction. A person is physically addicted to something. And for example, a person is abusing substances. Then you get behavioral addictions. For example, a person is a pornographic addict. That's a behavioral addiction. So there are so many kinds of addictions. It can be classified in so many things. We do not want to go into that detail. Now one of the things that we take for granted or we consider haram that we will not go near it because of alhamdulillah the way we have been brought up in this country and really we need to pay tribute to our forefathers and our elders and our seniors and our akabirin ulama who laid out such a beautiful maktab system for us in this country such a beautiful madrasa system in this country that alhamdulillah, our little little children go to madrasa and the basics of deen are ingrained into them. So we need to be very grateful for that. Because if you go into other societies, other communities, you won't find this. Even in Muslim majority countries, you won't find this. Just as an example that comes to my mind, we were on a humanitarian mission once on the border of Turkey and Syria. It was Ramadan. So we thought the best place to go to make our iftar is to go to the Jamia masjid. And when we go to the Jamia masjid, a much bigger masjid than this masjid, the masjid is closed at Maghrib time. It's closed. So we go to look for somebody there, we went and saw the Muaddins there, and we asked him that, listen, we want to make salah, we want to make iftar and salah. He said, no, the masjid is closed, you must come Isha time. Masjid will open at Isha time. So this is the condition in Muslim countries. So from this, understand how fortunate we are in this country, alhamdulillah. So, we have a natural aversion for alcohol. We have a natural dislike, because we consider it impure, and it is impure. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it's impure, it's najis, it's riches, it's impure. But we forget to understand that other substances are in the same category, but we do not view them in that same light. They're also impermissible, they're also just as haram. But today, those substances have become recreational drugs. It's taken casually. So everybody is doing it, so why can't I do it? One student at university was explaining to me, and alhamdulillah, I see many of our students here as well. He was explaining to me that marijuana or dacha is smoked so openly in our campuses, like as though it's just another cigarette. It's done so blatantly, yet the gravity of it, is so great. The famous dua of Hazrat Mulana Yunus ali it rings in our ears at times that oh Allah don't let the angel of death find me when I'm popping drugs or drugs in my mouth. Oh Allah don't let the angel of death find me in such situations. That dua rings in our ears. What an important dua. They do not let me be found, let not the angel of death find me in a time when I'm disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's such a grave sin. So that's one category. And we'll expound slightly on it. Then the other addictions that we come, that we face as ulama, whether we face it as organizations, whether we face it as individuals, but we are facing just too many problems. There is not a week that goes, I'm in mean the house of Allah. There is not a week that goes by that some father or some person will complain about substance abuse in the family. And they are at a loss what to do. It is one of the most difficult problems to solve. And the succession rate is not great. You can ask and you can check with any drug rehab center. The success, success rate is minimal. So what happens to our society if Drugs and different kinds of drugs are available. People are aware of the different, different types of, from the very entry level drugs, the gateway drugs, to the very extensive and the very hard drugs. We came across a person in our community that on one night, on one night, he snorts or he blows away a hundred thousand rand of cocaine. One night party. Just one night. How many married families, not not youngsters, middle-aged women, they complain about their middle-aged husbands who are on drugs. They do not contribute to the home. There's no financial contribution because the husband is on drugs. And the wife has to work, and she has to make do, and she has to rely on others and handouts just to make it month to month. So many cases of Hufaz, unfortunately. That's the sad reality and the irony that we deal with so many who who are on drugs. Just very recently, we dealt with a case of a young Hafiz of the Qur'an. His marriage lasted approximately four weeks. First night of marriage, snipping cocaine. First night of marriage. Now a girl who has never experienced such a thing or seen such a thing, how do you expect her to cope? Like that, so many broken marriages, affected children just because of a substance addiction and a drug addiction. It is breaking hearts. It is breaking communities. It is breaking families. It is detaching parents from their own children. We need to wake up. We need to understand what's happening in our society. So that's a very very severe addiction that we are facing. with. Then, the mobile addiction. It is a severe addiction. We call them smartphones. But how smart are they really? Yes, indeed technology Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for our benefit. And it is such a beneficial tool. We can use it for so much of good. We can use it to make our work and our life so easy. Indeed. But if it's used smartly and correctly. But if it is misused, and it is abused, then that smartphone doesn't become smart at all it causes havoc in the home. And it's done in the privacy of our children's bedrooms. With no knowledge that we have regarding what they're doing under the sheets or behind their closed doors. Pornography is a fingertip away. But how many of us are even cognizant of what's happening under our own roofs? And in our own home, how many of us are cognizant of what's happening around us? Then we have the complaint of children regarding their parents. That our parents are hooked onto their phones. No family time, no quality time. They are just hooked. Hook, line and sinker, caught. And there was a time when a diary was a very confidential item. A person wrote on the diary, it's private, confidential. It meant what it's supposed to be. It's something private. But today, we want to let the world know what we are doing. We want the world to know what we're eating. Where we'll we visiting? Where we'll we touring? Our every next move, we want the world to know about it. The social media platforms, they are causing homes to break up. They are causing neglect of our families. But it's just getting worse and worse as time is going. Then another addiction that we are facing is the gymming addiction. That men want to spend hours in the gymnasium. Besides all the haram aspects, the nudity and all the other evils that go with it. But men spending hours and hours gymming and just pumping muscles and building muscles to the detriment and to the neglect of their own families. And this has a disastrous effect on marriages sometimes. In fulfilling the rights of one's spouse etc. It has a very detrimental effect. But it's just going on and on and on so we need now to step back we need to reflect that where are we going wrong and i'm going to touch on one as two more aspects the first is regarding alcohol and khamar liquor now this was this is also a drug and it's happening in our muslim community let us not think that it's not happening it is happening in our community now if we look at alcohol or khamar this was in vogue when Nabi sallallahu was born in Makkah Muqarramah the Arabs were indulging in it and it was free for all but Nabi sallallahu was divinely protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a natural moral compass and he never ever indulged in this and any other vices from the time he was born that natural moral compass in him was there and like the Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, among many Sahaba, he was also another Sahabi who never indulged in liquor, before Islam or after Islam. So this was in prevalence, it was in vogue, and Sahaba and Sahaba Kiram also indulged in liquor. This was before the hurma, the prohibition. So there are four ayat in the Quran and Majid regarding liquor, four in particular. One in Surah Baqarah, one in Surah Nisa, and two in Surah Ma'idah. So, when the Sahaba came, among the Sahaba, Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab bin Mu'ad bin Jabal, radiallahu ta'ala, anhu, they were very concerned about the ill effects of liquor on a person. And they went to Nabi Karim ﷺ, and they asked Rasulullah ﷺ, regarding any clear guidance on this issue. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed an ayah of the Qur'an, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسِرِ And they ask you regarding intoxicants and gambling. قُلْ فِيهِمَا إِثْمٌ كَبِيرٌ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained that there is, there is vice in it, there is sin in it. وَإِثْمُهُمَا أَكْبَرُ مِن نَفْعِهِمَا And the harms of it outweigh the benefits. So there are some benefits, a person may get temporary benefit. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, "But the harms outweigh the benefits, so it wasn't yet prohibited." On this ayah, when this ayah was revealed, the ayah in Surah Baqarah, then many Sahaba stopped drinking completely. They stopped on their own without any prohibition. So this is Islam's way that gradually it was phased in, not a knee-jerk reaction. It was gradually phased in, taking into cognizance human nature, human psychology. Then Allah Subhanahu then Subsequent to this year, the second phase of it was, there was an invitation, a function that took place. And this was arranged by Abdul Rahman ibn Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. And Abdul Rahman ibn Auf hosted some sahaba ikiram to a meal. And it was maghrib time. And the time of maghrib had set in. So one of the guests, he became the imam of the salah. And he was reading the Maghrib Salah and he read Surah Kafirun, but he distorted Surah Kafirun, because he was intoxicated. When this happened, then wahi came and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya amanu la taqarabu salata wa antum sukara that O oh, you who believe, do not go near intoxicants at the time of salah. So when this came even more Sahaba stopped drinking, even more, gradual phasing. And so this prohibition was only at the time of salah. So sahaba stopped drinking because of the dangers it can have a person's qirat, his, his, his intellect at the time of salah. Then finally, Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu continuously was asking Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Hazar Umar bin Khattab was making dua all the time, O oh Allah, give us a clear answer, give us a clear pathway to this, to this aspect of liquor. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself made dua, that O oh Allah, clear this. And finally in the 40th year of the hijrah, in Madinah al-Munawwara, remember, it, didn't be, it wasn't prohibited in Makkah, Mukarramah, but in Madinah al-Munawwara, in the fourth year of the hijrah, finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed an ayah, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنَّمَا الْخَمْرُ وَالْمَيْسِرُ وَالْأَنْصَابُ وَالْأَزْلَامُ رِجِسٌ مِّنْ عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ فَاجْتَنِبُوهُ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Finally, the prohibition came. That now it's not allowed, it's not permissible, it is haram. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sahaba to go and announce that the ayah of prohibition has come. And we know the famous story that in Madinatul Munawwara, the sahaba, how they responded to the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that that person who had it in his mouth, it didn't go in his throat. That person, it was about to go down his throat, he spat it out. That person who had it in his hand he dropped it. That person who had it in his house he destroyed it. And like that, the streets of Medina flowed with wine. There was one Sahabi who invested his entire capital, entire capital in a consignment of liquor from Sham, from Syria. And he wasn't yet aware of the prohibition. And he's nearing Medina munawwara And as he's nearing Medina munawwara he gets news that now this has been prohibited completely. He goes to Nabi Kareem and says, Ya Rasulullah, what must I do? He says, you can't, you have to destroy it. And he takes, it was in leather, leather sacks, bags. And he takes a knife and he pierces it all till his entire capital in front of his own eyes rolled down a bank on the outskirts of Madinah al This was sahaba's iman. That when Allah said, do, they did it. When Allah said, don't do, they didn't do it. This was the iman, the strength of the iman. And they said that there was so much of liquor in the sand of Medina, that later when it rained, one could see the effects of the liquor still in the sand of Medina. And this was removed from the Islamic society forever till the day of Qiyamah. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought about the prohibition of liquor. Now the point I am trying to raise and at the point I am trying to drive is just as liquor is haram, just as it is haram, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has made it categorically clear that every intoxicant is haram. And that includes substance abuses. That includes weed. That includes cocaine. That includes all those other prescription drugs which are not approved. For a person to take and so many other kinds of drugs on the market, it includes even the cheap drugs or whatever drugs, it includes everything. So a person who uses any substance that distorts his thinking, his intellect and his mind, then remember this is clearly prohibited in the Quran and Majid, as explained by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wa. Finally, we have we are in this world for a temporary period. We are here solutions. We are here for a short period. We come into this world to build a life, not to live a life. Not to live a life, to make a life. Hafiz Pater, rahmatullah Ali, from the UK, he used to say that we came into this world not like dogs. We don't live like, we don't just live, exist. banana We have to build a life. A dunya Mazraatul Akhirah, or as this is a crop, this is a, a farm of the Akhirah, this world, and we have to accumulate amal salihah. We have to accumulate good deeds in order for us to get into the next phase of our lives and to be successful in the next phase of our lives. So we came into this world to build a life, to make a life, to develop a life that when we leave from this world, we feel content that we have built a life. We have made a life of ourselves. Life in terms of our a'mal. A'mal saliha. For that, we also need correct aqidah. Because without correct aqidah, a belief system, all our good deeds will be wiped out. Habitat a'maluhum. So we need correct aqidah. We need to understand what is the correct Islamic aqidah. And good deeds are built on correct aqidah. So we need to build this life. And coming to solutions, we need to establish ta'alluk ma'Allah. Our families, we are men. Nahnu rijal, we are men. Kullukum ra'in, wa kullukum kama qala sallallahu alayhi wa That each and every one of you is a shepherd. And each and every one of you will be questioned about your flock. So we have our own flocks, our families. As men, we are the heads of the home. There is no gender equality business here. Allah, we are men, we are the heads of the household. So we need to take control of our flock. Because Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa we'll be questioned about our flock. And we are shepherds of our flocks. So we need to guide our families. Guide them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ourselves have to put ourselves in order in order to guide our own families. And we have to lead them towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot neglect our families. We have to spend quality time with our spouses. We have to spend quality time with our children. We cannot outsource our children to some madrasa, Muslim school. We can't. There's no outsourcing. We have to worry about the tarbiya of our own children. We have to make the tarbiya of our own children. We have, and how do we make that? We have to educate them. We have to study together. We have to discuss the deen together. We need to bring about the, the, the virtue of kitab reading in our homes. Educate ourselves. And we need to develop our families. And we need to develop our children so that those will become good strong members of our society. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, "Ihtanim khamsan Qabla khamsin," That value five things before five things overtake you. Value five things before five overtake you. Look at the words of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa He says, value shababaka qabla haramik. That value your youth before old age takes hold of you. Value your youth before old age overtakes you and how quickly old age overtakes a person. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that value, value your health before your sickness. Before sickness can afflict you. Nabi sallallahu alayhi sallam said that value your free time before you become over occupied. Nabi sallallahu said value your wealth before poverty can afflict you. And we saw what happened few months ago. We saw what happened with our own eyes that how many businesses were destroyed. Decades old businesses were destroyed beyond recognition. And finally Nabi sallallahu alayhi sallam said that value your life before your death. Value your life before death overtakes you. It can overtake us at any time. Daily we read messages of janazahs. How we know that ours may not be the next message out there? Just this morning we attended a janazah after Fajr. A young man yesterday, young man, heart attack passed away. Allah for this But this is the reality. We bury people but we take no ibrah from it, we take no lessons from it. We speak about it for a few days. We shocked that young, young people are passing away. The time has come when parents are burying their own children. One father told me the hardest thing for him was to bury his own son. So we are seeing it in front of our eyes, but what lessons are we drawing and taking from this? And if there are problems in our community, if a person is experiencing problems, any person out there, seek help. There is help out there. They are, Mashallah Muslim professionals. They are Muslim rehabs. At the jamiat, we have a, a, a counselor, a psychologist there who can assist. So alhamdulillah, our organizations are going out of their way to assist. So if there's a problem, don't let the, don't bury the problem. We're not ostriches. We don't bury our heads in the sand. We address the problems. We help people. it, rahmatullah Allah fully is nur. What qurbani he has done for this... For the community of South Africa. He used to say, when you see a man down, give him your hand, pick him up and move with him. When you see a man, he has fallen. Don't put him down further. Don't drop him further. Hold him. Pick him, hold his hand. Pick him up and move with him. Lift him. Empower him. Help him. Raise him. We are all brothers to each other. Al-Muslim wa'kul Muslim, la yuzlimuh wa la yuzlimuh. We are all brothers of each other. We all need to be there for each other. We all need to help each other. We all need to uplift each other. We all need to care for each other, and that is the sign of our iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me tawfiq, give each and every one of us tawfiq. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdiq. Nashadu Allah ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk